G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Now, uh, there's been a lot of discussion around the idea of a four-day working week. Now, that might be quite appealing if you're thinking, oh, I get a long weekend every weekend. As a business owner, that might be a slightly different perspective that you have, wondering, would this mean an extra burden? How might we apply biblical principles to this idea of a four-day working week? Uh, Would it give us perhaps more satisfaction? Does it give us more room to do other things following the call of God? Uh, Does it help us from a a, a well-being point of view? There's a lot of burnout that's going around at, at the moment, people working too hard and too focused perhaps. What might you do with that extra day? Well, we're going to dive into that and more on the subject of work today with our special guest, Ivan Ang. He's a leadership legacy coach, a speaker and a trainer. He helps high potential individuals to break through their own leadership ceiling so that they can increase their effectiveness at leading others. Welcome to 2020, Ivan. It's great to have you as as part of the conversation. Great to be on the show again, Phil. Work, it is that kind of dirty four-letter word that some of us don't like to think about, but then there's others they go, I absolutely love it. What drives you in your work, Ivan, to actually help others? Yeah, I, I love making a difference in the lives of the people that I coach and train, and it's something that uh, I've always it's been a part of, of, of the, the 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 career that I've built for myself, starting off as a financial planner, but then transitioning into executive coaching. Just seeing the 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 um, the eyes light up, or you know, the change in body language from people who understand how to actually get better mm. and um, and also improve how they do things, uh, I, I get a buzz out of that. I reckon what you've just said is actually at the heart of fulfillment in work, is actually doing something that's one in your sweet spot with what you're good at, but also just helping other people. That, that's what I hear at the centre of what you just said. Yeah, I think that the thing is that it's extremely rewarding. For me, I feel very, very blessed that I'm doing something that, you know, gives me fulfillment, like you said, and as well as it, um, you know, pays pays my, you know, pays my living expenses. But mm. at the same time, you know, I do see a lot of people who are working and slaving away at something that they don't necessarily enjoy. Um, and that's where, you know, there's a lot of you know, discontentment that comes from doing those type of roles. Mm. Well, somebody in that scenario would probably love this idea of a four-day working week. Uh, it's been getting a bit of traction lately. Uh, some people you know, saying this is a good thing that we should embrace uh, and there'll be different perspectives on this. Just explain what it is that it, that's actually being put out there at the moment. Yeah, there was a pilot that was run last year by an organisation based out in New Zealand called the uh, four-day, uh, four-day Week Global organization so they did a um a a big research piece a pilot piece with over 33 participating companies around the world including um countries including um us uh australia of course ireland uk new zealand and even canada and a lot of the companies that trialed it and piloted it 
came back and said that they had a vast improvement in terms of um, employees who have reduced the rate of um, work stress or burnout. Um, but the interesting stats was that it actually even showed that there were companies that uh, increased their revenue uh, even from reducing one day of work a week. Wow. So the premise, the premise is actually not um, to reduce the pay of uh, in, uh, the employees. The premise is they still get paid for five days, but they only work for four days. So it's the same amount of time. So let's call it an eight-hour day for round numbers mm-hmm. uh, that you would work over four days rather than eight hours a day for five days. You're working less, getting paid the same amount, yet productivity and in some case profits went up. Is that, That's yep. right? So 30, 32 hours a week is uh, is the actual scheduled uh, working hours that they they piloted, uh, but no, with no reduction in terms of um, the individual's pay. Uh, and the, the, ver- the interesting fact was that they had this uplift in terms of productivity, uplift in terms of profits, and uh, and that really proved that um, the four day work week was potentially uh, one of the uh, things that could actually solve uh, a lot of things, a lot of issues that that that, prob- uh, that business were facing, uh, especially when it comes to employee well being. What kind of industries were they? Well, there was a big range of different industries in actual fact. And the thing is that um, not all industries. So there were a lot of professional services. Uh, there were uh, um, some manufacturing companies that were involved in it as well, marketing companies. Um, yeah, there was a big uh, scope and, and wide range of, of different um, companies that were involved. Mm. I'm, I'm just not quite sure what to do with this, but thinking in terms of an employer and those uh, who know I'm also the CEO of this organisation, not normally on the radio, filling in for Neil today. Uh, but I think about all the practical challenges around that as far as having enough you know, people to do the things that, that need to be done. But what you're saying is that that seemed to have been resolved somehow. It was for the, the majority of um, companies that were uh, taking part in this particular trial. Um, and But it didn't, it wasn't something that was for everyone. And I think that that's the key point here, Phil. I think that you really need to actually sit down and, talk through all the pros and cons mm. uh for for businesses and it's it's for some businesses it won't be suitable for them and it was highlighted that uh that the, the manufacturing one is a good example the thing is that you have to have minimum number of people on the floor to be able to produce goods um shutting down the factory for you know 24 hours just means that nothing gets produced in that particular yeah. period in time and that's not going to be, you know, um, helpful for the business itself. Now, call centers uh, struggled a bit in terms of the, uh, the, the the scheduling, more so in terms of you know, who needs to be um, on, uh, on 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 the desk to take calls. Uh, but that could be uh, get that that could be addressed with regards to better better scheduling of um, people's times. The ones that really uh, struggled as well were retail, uh, retail operations, for example. You can't just shut up shop for yes. the whole day. Yeah. No customers will come through. Yeah. I can see that would be a challenge. So let's try and spin this in the direction of what the Bible actually says about work because it actually has a lot to say about our attitude toward work, the attitude of employers towards employees, uh, and 
there's one thing that comes to mind straight away when we're talking about a four-day work week is uh, in as the Bible actually talks about a six-day working week. So God actually modeled that in the way that he created. On the seventh day, he rested. Uh, he worked and he did some incredible things in those first six, six days. And that's a principle that we see following uh, through. Um, how do you reconcile those two ideas? Yeah, it it, it's it's interesting in terms of how people perceive work, and I think that that's that's what I think that we need to come back to as to what do you constitute as work, and working six days does not necessarily mean that you're working six days for your employer, right? Uh, and for for me, that's how I reconcile it, uh, Phil. I think that the thing is that if you can do what you can do within four days for your employer and be paid um, a fair wage for it. And um, and also still be able to show your employer that you uh, have met all the you know um, the, the goals and objectives that you that, that they've set out for you, everything that's part of your role description. And you can do that within four days. Why why would you need to actually have five days of work um, where you could potentially be less efficient on a day-by-day basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I, I think ultimately, though, again, talking about what the Bible says about work, is to do everything, including your work mm. for your employer, as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.22 is a great example of, them, uh, of that. Uh, work for them as you would for the Lord because you honor God as you're doing that. Do you think that's, uh, you know, as believers, do you think we, we really do do that? Well, I, I think that goes back to what we talked about before. Do you enjoy what you do? Do you actually um, uh, uh, enjoy the people that you work with and the and, and and the employer that you work for? So, if you're if you're you're bringing that attitude of of um, uh, of, of godliness into the workplace where you you shine the light of Jesus in in what you do and who you are and and, and with the people that you work with, um, that's definitely. Uh, a way of glorifying God in the workplace and um, glorif- and, and, and bringing glory to the work that you do. Now, coming back to what you were asking me before, Phil, in terms of what do we do with the remaining two days in terms of the, mm. the scriptural principle of six days of work? Well, that's where I think that if you actually have the ability to free up additional time, you can do a couple of things with those additional days. Firstly, that increases your capacity to actually um, think about volunteerism um, and how you can actually contribute back to potentially the church, to the community, to others. That still constitute for me, that's still constituted as work, even though you don't get paid for it, right? So that's one aspect. The other aspect is working on yourself, and that's the one that I'm more, most concerned with. People aren't actually working on themselves be it from a well-being perspective or from a future jobs perspective Mm. um, as to how to actually better prepare themselves for what's to come. They are so focused on what they're doing today, they don't have that capacity to think about what what their jobs are going to be like in the future. So the six days of work, yes, get paid for the four days that you you, you need to work for your employer or even for yourself. You know, if you're you're self-employed, you could actually think about how that applies to you. But also the remaining two days, we need to actually allocate that in the most effective way that's going to be most beneficial for you um, and as well as the people that you care about the most. Mm. Now, definitely built into that whole week of seven days, we need that one day of rest as demonstrated by God. And we need to actually make sure that we use that rest day properly. 
It's something I, I don't think we spend enough time thinking about. Work is a huge part of life for all of us. Uh, and if we're thinking about how we do that to bring glory to God, it's going to extend not only into the way that we do the job, the way we respond to our employer, to our fellow mm-hmm. co-workers, but also the way we look after ourselves all brings glory to God. And I'd love to hear from listeners this morning. We're going to open the phone lines right now on one 316 especially if you've got a story to share on the things you've learned over your working life that might be an encouragement to others in how you kind of got this idea of doing all that you do for the glory of God and how do we best serve an employer and especially one who we might not get along with might be a bit of a challenge. Uh, the, you know, the boss isn't God, but we actually need to serve the boss as we are serving the Lord. And there can be some tension in there somewhere. And you, we were just chatting there a moment ago, Ivan, about something that happens in your church that uh, is a, you know, a good example of a volunteering opportunity that people could dive into if they actually had more time to do it. Yeah, uh, so my church runs Food Care, which is a, a, um, a low-cost um, uh, food service for the underprivileged, the uh, people on low income. They'll come to the church and they'll get um, you know, very, very um, low-cost food as part of their um, weekly shop. Uh, and we are always needing volunteers, mm. right? And so... Uh, and I know that that's that's the case with a lot of a lot of um, not-for-profits and a lot of uh, uh, charities around Australia. They all they are always struggling, always struggling for more volunteers, and always very very welcome welcoming of uh, more volunteers. The the thing is that even though a lot of big business and a lot of organisations that I've come across have built-in volunteer time um, as part of uh, the employee proposition. They will allow employee, uh, employees to take some time to go and serve the community. That is not what you would see as part of a regular uh, work week, uh, not part of a, 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 a person's operating rhythm, so to speak. So it's very hard for charities and not-for-profits to um, plan specifically for when people would be able to come and volunteer. Whereas if you actually had that ability to say, okay, if someone's going to be, um, you can guarantee that someone's going to be coming in to, to serve and volunteer on Wednesday afternoon every single week, that makes a big difference to charities and not-for-profits, I believe. Mm, yeah, it would do. And I mean, I, personally, I, I love that idea. If you could work for four days a week and then go do something else where you know you're actually helping other people in a really consistent uh, kind of way, I think a lot of people would be, very uh, drawn toward that and perhaps that's a good question for you this morning as you listen uh, you might like to share with us the lines are open right now 1-800-316-316 if you had that extra day in the week what would you do with it what's the thing that you would just absolutely love to go and do or you see there's a need in your community and also I'd love to hear from you if you've had some kind of uh, revelation over your working life about what it actually means to honor the Lord as you do your work because that's what the scriptures tell us that we are uh, we are to do and the other side of this too Ivan is the idea of working less and whether it's a four-day week or maybe there's someone who at the moment they're going wow four-day week that's crazy I'm working seven days or you know six and a half days right now the importance of actually having some time to look after yourself uh, is a is a timeless principle that, that sometimes we kind of don't think about so much and we do ourselves harm because of it yeah, well, we don't we don't put ourselves as number one priority, right? And if 
you know, we if we, we, we did so, what does that mean? And I think that the starting point is how are we actually utilising our hours at work um, and whether or not we're with whether or not there's any time wasters that we can actually remove from that um, in order for us to free up more time to invest in ourselves. And so the whole premise, coming back to, to what you were saying before, Phil, I don't believe that it's an, it, it, the four-day work week should work as an extended long weekend. We're not allowing people to just sit on the beach and do absolutely nothing. I think that employers would find that very, very difficult to justify. So the premise that I go off in terms of when I when I educate um, executives and as well as businesses on the four day work week and coach and train them on that is how do we actually make sure that it has a guaranteed return on investment? And that has to come from the well-being improvements of the employees and as well as the uplift in terms of productivity from um, some sort of learning uh, and development that the people have gone through. Mm. Uh, but just let's quickly touch on this idea of uh, of well-being and burnout because burnout is so prevalent in our society at the moment in the workplace. Yeah, especially coming out of COVID, I think that there's something that um, has become uh, come to the forefront of mo- most employers' minds in terms of how do we actually deal with that in terms of um, making sure that employees don't head down the path of burnout. Now, research will show that it, if you do experience a burnout episode, it can take up to two years before you can you properly recover, uh, and that's if you actually uh, get the right support. Mm. And it's so bad that the World Health Organization has actually uh, started to look at burnout in the same category as potentially a disease. Wow. So we 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 are we are facing a very very tough um, economic environment and going into even a, you know, a, a, a potentially a very unknown state in terms of what's going to come up um and so i think that it's really important for a lot of businesses to think about how to actually manage that it's been a pretty challenging couple of years uh for a lot of people over the last few years uh, and uh, you know many are feeling like i just don't know how to go on but then you've got all these other pressures being laid on at the moment about rising costs and mm. and everything else i uh, would love to hear what your experience has been one 800 316 316 or if you just want to join the conversation which is what Kevin in Armadale wants to do. G'day Kevin, how are things for you in Armadale? Not too bad, Phil, how are you going? I'm doing very well, it's nice to be here on 2020 today to be doing something different. What would you like to to contribute or perhaps a question for Ivan? Well one of my one of my thoughts while you were talking was um, I I work for myself so I can uh, regulate my own hours but I'm I'm, I'm working five days a week. But if I was working for somebody else um, and I had four days, we have a shortage of scripture teachers in the schools. And for me, that would be a wonderful opportunity to take the reins and a sin in the, um, in the teachings of scripture mm. in schools. Mm. You've got a passion for that, Kevin, I can hear. Well, I, um, I used to do it before we had kids. Well, sort of while while the kids were growing up and I was unemployed, I used to do it. I used to love it, um, but I haven't been able to do it for thirty years. Um, so for me, that would be something that 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 I would be eager to get back into. Mm. It's an interesting thought, Ivan. Uh, the the work gets in the way of the things that we're really passionate about sometimes, and having more time would enable us to to do that. And I, I reckon in the process, we'd actually be building 
social capital and you know in the case of what Kevin's talking about here we're sharing you know the the scriptures and a, and an understanding of God with with young people would be an amazing thing to do yeah I, I think that's a good starting point with Kevin having a, a, a anyone else with having a, a very clear idea as to what you would do with that spare time and if you don't have that as the motivator like as if it, that's the character approach right approach right if you don't have a carrot as to what you're aiming towards, as to what you would do with your freed up time, it would never happen. You would never reorganize your work week. You would never try and look at minimizing your time wasters in order for you to work better and more effectively. Mm. So it, it, it may well be something like you know, teaching scripture in, in schools, or it could be something else. But it does require that proactive intentionality behind it. Kevin, I'm interested, uh, you, you work for yourself. Uh, what kind of business are you in? And do you have other employees? What do you think about this idea of a four-day working week? Uh, well, I work in the refrigeration air conditioning industry. I work on my own. Um, I don't have any employees. Um, but if I was working for somebody else, um, it would free up um, other people to come in for the casual hours or for um, um, re. re- relief work or something like that. Um, I, I, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm 62, so I'm heading towards retirement. But, um, yeah, even freeing up one or two days for other people would be great. I guess it reflects that whole idea of being able to serve, being able to do things, uh, and, and as unto the Lord. Again, that's what the Scriptures say to us, the, is how we should actually approach work as if we're actually working for God. And when we get into that space, it also allows us uh, room that if things aren't going how, you know, so much how I like, uh, I'm actually doing this for God, and it, and it gives you more reason to keep moving forward and keep putting your, your, your all into what you're doing. Thanks for your call, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, you can call through as well, wherever you are around Australia, 1-800-316-316. Maybe you've got uh, a story to share like Kevin just did. What would you do with that extra day if you had it? Uh, maybe you're an employer. I, I would love to hear what you think about this idea. Do you think it's a good idea? What do you think about the idea of working as unto the Lord? And what is your experience with that? 1-800-316-316. The lines are open right now. Um, Ivan, just coming back to this idea again of uh, well-being and uh, something you said that really caught my my ear just then was that the World Health Organization has reclassified as if it is a disease or akin to being a disease, this idea of burnout in the in the workplace. Um, what can we do to actually make sure we don't get there? Because sometimes we can just feel like there's, there's just, I've got so much responsibility, I have to keep going, there's no way out of this. What do you do before you get to that point of collapse? Yeah, and, and the important thing is to seek help, you know, whether it be uh, if you are fortunate enough to work for a bigger organisation that has um, uh, employee assistance programs um, and provide workplace counselling, please do reach out. The, the, underutilized, uh, the, the, the rate of underutilisation of those services is just amazing, you know, corporates invest heavily in these things and people just don't use it um so that's number one but if you if you do need to talk to someone be it someone from church be it someone from you know know, friends and family um the whole premise of are you okay day is is about you know helping each other out right so it's really about talking um to others about it um but i think that the 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 thing is that if you realize that you're heading down that path 
do something about it. Don't wait. The more you wait, the longer you wait, I should say, um, the, 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 the more the issues compound because work's never going to go away. You, unless you do something about it to work smarter, not harder, um, it's not going to actually help the issue. I have a guest who knows a bit about work. He's uh, one of these people that worked, worked, work, 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 work. And then I guess, would it be fair to say you had uh, a little bit of an epiphany, uh, Ivan? Would that be a a fair thing to say that at some point in your working career, you realized, no, there's a different way to think about this? Yeah, there is. uh, I I did have an epiphany and it actually was um, health inflicted. I, I actually had a retina detachment that put everything into perspective right and this is back in 2015 and i thought to myself well the thing is that i can't work the way that i've been working without looking after myself first and foremost i i literally and figuratively didn't have that have vision at that particular point in time that would really Um, that, that would upset your apple card wouldn't it yeah, it would. It would. I think that uh, it, it would for anyone if if that happened to them. And I do feel for anyone who had uh, has has that experienced a retinal detachment before. But going back to what you were saying before, Phil, I think it's important for us to make sure that um, uh, you understand why it's important to prioritize well-being. You understand why it's important for for you to make sure that you do that not just for yourself, but also as an example to others. And that's where um, you're know, living a Christian life is very important. If people see you as a Christian, that you're not looking after yourself, you're working ridiculous hours, and you're 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 you're, you're, you're not looking your after your own health. What what type of example does that actually set? Mm. Well, it's an interesting idea when you when you say you know the Bible says that we should work as to the glory of God, and that also includes the way that we look after ourselves. We're taking calls this morning, 1-800-316-316. Peter is from South Australia, and uh, great to have uh, you on, on Peter. I understand uh, you realise that uh, this might mean working longer and harder with a four-day working week. You got a concern about that? Um, Yes, good morning. Um, I'm sure it's related to the four-day week, but Jimmy Chalmers, the uh, treasurer, was saying that our productivity is down, and we need as a nation, to work harder, I'm not sure we said longer, or certainly harder, to uh, get some more pro- productivity. Mm. Uh, uh, any comments on that? It's an interesting question, Ivan. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So he, he, I, I think that we actually have to look through the statistics. I, I don't necessarily know what Jim Chalmers was actually referring to, but I do know this. There was a big spike in terms of productivity during COVID when everyone started working from home because they felt as if they could actually do more uh, and minimise the time wasters from commuting, for example, right? So um, a lot of businesses saw a huge uplift in terms of productivity. But since we've come back to some kind of new normality post-COVID, it was not a surprise to me to see productivity start to slide back to what it was prior to that. So if he was referring, if Jim was referring to those type of figures, absolutely no surprise whatsoever. It is a f- false expectations on the part of employers and businesses to think that that was always gonna, that was going to be sustainable or even um, continue on indefinitely in terms of the uplift in productivity. That said, um, I, I was talking to to Phil offline to, uh, just just a moment ago about how technology has availed uh, us ourselves to to work so much better and so much smarter. And we're just, you know, scratching the surface when it comes to that side of things. 
It's an interesting uh, uh, choice of words there. If if he did say we have to work harder, you just said we have to work smarter. Often we think we just need to push a bit more, but sometimes it's actually worthwhile stopping and reevaluating, figuring out, no, there's a better way to do this. And I think about, you know, you're trying to move some big stone or something. Uh, You can try and push all you like, but uh, go and get yourself some sort of lever and then you're actually going to move the thing more quickly because you're using the power of of leverage. And I think we're smart enough to figure out how do we do this without necessarily it meaning that we have to work longer hours. Yeah, or or not sharpening the axe. Like how many people are actually trying to chop down a tree with a blunt axe? Yeah, and the and and that's that comes from doing a, a, a certain role or doing some, something in your role uh, for for years and years and years, and not actually thinking about how to actually do it better and, mm. and differently. Appreciate your call this morning, Peter. Can I ask what sort of work are you in? Um, well, I was in the. Um um, car industry um, worked for Holden's. Yep. Um, but that's gone now. Um, yeah, I just did some part-time work. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking about was um, aren't we scripturally urged to work six days and have the one day off? Um, what, what will this four-day uh, idea do to that? Mm. We touched on that just a little uh, earlier on, Peter. You might have missed it, but uh, a, a quick yeah, I think uh, for those who didn't hear that earlier on, uh, a quick response, Simon. Yeah, so uh, Peter, we're not talking about working six days for our employer, and I think there's the, the whole premise of how do we actually work more effectively over four days and do exactly everything that we're called to do for our employer. Um, but also working with our employer to see how we can actually release one extra day a week so that we can actually invest that in our development, in ourselves, in our community, in, our, in things that really um, helps us grow as, as Christians in the workplace, right? Um, the, other, the other day uh, that, we, that we have in terms of God's definition of six days of work, um, we really need to look at how do we actually do, do stuff um, work for, for, for God um, in you know investing in our communities, so it's our church or uh, potentially our families. What what are we called to do there in terms of work for our, for our families and as well as for our, for our church? Mm. Thank you so much, Ivan, and thank you for your call, uh, Peter, in uh, South Australia. A uh, little bit of time if you want to be part of this this morning, 1-800-316-316. We've got time to squeeze in one more call. I guess what you just said there, though, Ivan, really comes back to this idea of doing everything as unto the Lord. And if you want to look at it, the fact that we work five days a week, typically, for an employer these days, is potentially at odds with that idea of working six days and resting on the seventh, which is the biblical model. And so even if you do work five days, I think there's a uh, there's a case there to go, well, what am I actually doing with that day off at the moment? You know, the, the, the sixth day right now, am I doing things as unto the Lord, which can include, of course, that we spend some time to to actually rebuild uh, ourselves, so to speak. All work and no play makes Jack a very dull boy is uh, you know something I remember from my uh, childhood. Yeah, that's why I say that you know I help um, executive golfers play more golf and do less work. So, <laughs> and I understand you were you were on the golf course yesterday and melting in, in Sydney. It was pretty warm. <laughs> I was, I was. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, coming back to your point though, Phil, I think it's important for people to un- understand that um, you know if they if they look at um, 
uh, how they can actually manage a, a six-day uh, uh, biblical work week, let's say, um, more effectively and be more intentional about how they're investing their time. I think that that will make a big difference. And um, yeah, go, the, the whole the old premise of, of working five days or 40 hours a week, as uh, I, I'm not sure if people will actually realize that that comes from British Industrial Revolution's days to stop you know, factory, work, uh, factory owners abusing you know, young kids mm. working 16 hours a day. But today, in terms of a lot of the things that we, we do and accomplish uh, or need to do in the workplace, we don't necessarily need 40 hours a week to do that. Yeah. Some people do, but not everyone. Yeah. We've got time for one more call. Dee is in Tasmania. Hi, Dee. Hello. Good to have you on today, enjoying oh, your perspective. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. What uh, what would you like to, to ask or comment? Well, both. Um, yeah, so I went through this process of making a decision around... Um, work and study and how to build up the church as a Christian and then accommodate um, that process with a bit more time. So reducing my work hours and then doing some study. And the big question that came up for me was, do I want to study through a Christian institution and get more Christian qualifications, which I've already got, but kind of keep doing that, or whether to do uh, a secular qualification, which would position me more, um, you know, in terms of being able to be strategic and work in, you know, government and that kind of thing. Mm. And one of the considerations there was, uh, you know, that there's more hostility towards Christians in uh, the marketplace. And I was thinking, do I want another Christian institution on my CV? And so that I just wanted to put that out there as a comment and just see what you think about that. So I actually decided, I was reading Daniel and it said, that Daniel was schooled in the language and the culture of the Babylonians. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Mm. So I decided to go secular on this occasion and do my master's through a secular institution instead of a Christian one. Really interesting. You're talking here almost the either the pre-work or gearing yourself up for other work. What are your thoughts, Ivan? Mm. Yeah, I, I had a very, very similar thought just recently in terms of what that would mean for me. And I, I, I think the, the starting point is um, I, I, when I work with people from a coaching perspective, I want them to be future, future pacing and thinking about where do you think you are going to be in about five years' time? And if that is used as a starting point, D, then that determines what type of learning courses, um, you know, development work that you need to do between now and then. And that might drive your decision as to whether or not you go secular or you go Christian in terms of the education that you would like to actually pursue. The important thing is to make sure that you have that intentionality as to what that image of you um, looks like in five years' time um, and work backwards and do that reverse planning exercise. Um, and I think that that would uh, potentially help you. Yeah, yeah, really good comment. I was thinking about Christians kind of being pushed out you know, at, at certain discrimination cases that have been popping up here and there and thinking, hmm, in terms of future-proofing and future planning and reading the climate, um, should we be thinking about Christian education institutions or maybe going, actually, I'm going to be more strategic and go secular? And so there's, yeah, good discussion around, uh, I guess, I suppose it's very individual, but 
in making that decision in terms of actually investing into community. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I would also, I, I'll just, I'll just say this, um, Phil. The thing is that if 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 someone actually holds that against you on your CV, the question is, would you really want to work for that person in the first place? Mm-hmm. I, I I question that as well. So, yeah, it's an I'll, interesting I'll comment. Thank you so much, Dee. Really, uh, really appreciate your perspective yeah. and your, your questions this morning. Uh, and look, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with schooling yourself up. And I think that that example that Dee gave of, of Daniel, who was well versed in you know the things in the culture of his time that were important, that were shaping people's thoughts. And I think we actually need to go out of our way to understand those things. But at the same time, we've got to stand on that foundation, the solid rock of Jesus Christ, understanding the the scriptures. Uh, so, as with all these things, seek the Lord. I think is uh, is really the the greatest uh, answer, as well as wise counsel of those around you. We're out of time this morning. I'm just been really wonderful to have this conversation with you about uh, work. Mm. Uh, the big question here is: Do you work a four day week? Yeah, I do, and uh, I, I I very intentionally make sure that the day I take off is in the middle of the week, not uh, plugged onto the an extended long weekend. Okay. And um, yeah, it allows me in summer to um, you know be playing cricket with, uh, well, practicing cricket with my cricket club. Uh, but um, throughout the year, you know, golf is my vice in, <laughs> in terms of uh, getting uh, out there. But it does. There is a, a, a purpose behind it because um, being active, being out in nature, um, being you know being being outside of the office is is very important to me and um the people that i coach mm. uh, i can't i don't know why people would want to you know sit in front of a box in a box trying to think outside of the box um it's it, it just does my head in to um see people do that so you got to think about activities that are going to drive better performance in the workplace mm, interesting stuff well thank you so much if you'd like to uh, know more about what ivan uh, is all about and maybe touch base with him Ivan Ang that's I-V-A-N-A-N-G dot com is the website to go to Ivan Ang uh, Ivan coaches executives and business leaders uh, on how they become more productive and it sounds like one of those counterintuitive things work less and achieve more but there are studies that show that uh, that's actually what happens and you get to play golf more often by the sound of it yeah for sure <laughs> Thank you so much, Ivan. Ivanang.com uh, is the website uh, to go to there. Really appreciate it. In, uh, enjoy your uh, the rest of your day and week, and I hope it cools down a little bit for you as for the rest of us uh, where you are there in Sydney. It has. Thanks, Phil. All right. It's Ivan Ang. Again, that website, Ivan. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.